TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of A Change in Attitude. I am your host this week, Ori the Draw, and here with me today is the one and only Podfather Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? First of all, Kablam. I'm doing really, really well. Um, just got off recording a well, I'm streaming an episode of Techers. Uh, I'm watching my United get absolutely capitulated. So yeah, I'm in a nice. I'm in a jolly good mood. There you go. Well, yeah, because against Liverpool, that's our buddy Tanner's team, who is noticeably absent this week. He is in the process of him and his wife moving. And so it's just me and you today. It is, yeah. Just I mean, the two of us. At least uh, it'll be kept on the straight and narrow, because we all know Tanner's the bad influence. He's the one who uh, <laughs> sends this show off the rail. So at least we're going to get a little bit of professionalism. I don't know about all that. You know, as you know, I just this this week is my birthday. My birthday is Wednesday. And so typically the Sunday before birthdays, me and my girls get together. We pick a spot in the city and we go have brunch. And so we went and had brunch. I've had two mimosas. And so I'm a little sassy today. I don't mind telling you. Well, so we shall see what happens. So let's get right into it. This is the raw October 28th, 1996, which is the day after my birthday. Uh, on the Peacock, it is season four, episode 42. And we open the show with a video from Superstars where mm-hmm. Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin, they're talking in the ring about, you know, things that are going on about Bret Hart. And it was supposed to be Stone Cold's interview time. And Pillman just consistently brings up Bret Hart. And then we got the infamous Pillmanized incident where we see yes. Stone Cold use Brian Pillman's own cane, take him out at the knee, and then mess up his ankle, which, of course, required surgery, which Pillman hadn't had too long ago due to, due to the car accident, yeah, if correct. I'm not mistaken, which we talked to Kevin Kelly about. Um, and we get told that Bret is live at home from Calgary. Stone Cold is also live from the WWF studios in Connecticut. And on commentary, we only have Vince and King this week. Mm-hmm. Well, for, for... For now. For now, yeah. For now. Um, so when I first put the show on the network uh, and we started with the, 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 the Pillman and Austin segment, I actually thought we'd missed an episode. So I stopped the episode, went back. I did back. too. Yeah, but like I had heard specific. The only reason that I realized it wasn't an episode was I heard them. I actually caught the whole part that says on Mm -hmm. Superstars yesterday or what have you. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I end up uh, going back to watch uh, the the beginning of the the last week's. Realized we'd already covered that. Then come back and then caught where they they alluded to it being from from Superstars, but. Yeah, interesting way to uh, to open the show, uh, and this was a very stone cold heavy episode. Um, we started this this run uh, with the King of the Ring, and one thing we've noted of as as the weeks have gone by is how actually slow that build from Austin three sixteen to Austin being a big superstar is. I think that we're getting to that point now. This was 
very heavily built to make Austin look a massive, massive deal. Yeah, I completely agree. I remember watching this last night and thinking this is the most Stone Cold-esque Stone Cold that we mm-hmm. have seen thus, you know, but based off of what we remember or what we know as yeah, Stone Cold Pete, Steve Austin. Stone Cold. Yeah. We've seen hints of that throughout this process starting at King of the Ring, but this is the most Stone Cold we have seen of Steve, Steve Austin in the weeks that we've covered it. And so it kind of feels like to me that this is where things are really starting to pick up mm-hmm. for the attitude era and the era of stone cold and him or Steve Austin and being the stone cold character and really being solidified in it. So I found it very interesting. So the first match we get uh, the real double J who is booked as double J. If mm-hmm. you look on the graphic, Jesse James, Versus Salvatore Sincere and immediately right off the jump from the start of the match, Vince goes double J Jeff Jarrett, which I love mm-hmm. that King immediately called him out on. And I get why it happened. He's been and they left Jeff it Jarrett. in. And yeah, they left it in. It, well, it was live. So they had mm-hmm. to this one was actually live. It wasn't pre-recorded. So they kind of had to leave it in. But I kind of like that King called him on it. And I understand why it happened because you know he's been calling De- Jeff Jarrett double J for so long that now that they're calling someone else double J or the real double J, you know, it would be easy to make that, you know, slip up. So I like that they called him out on it. This to me felt like a very long squash match. Yeah. I mean, the match only goes, what, four minutes, I think around, give or take a few seconds. Really? Yeah. uh, It felt so much longer. It did. It really, really did. And um, props, I think should really go to uh, Salvatore. I think he, he, did his job admirably. I think the person who was uh, was the letdown was was probably um, Jesse. I think uh, he didn't come off as uh, as the star in this uh, until we get to to the end with the the pump handle, which I've always thought is a, a really good finishing move. Um, but yeah, I thought that um, Salvatore came off as a star, especially the, the little segment where he's trapped in the ropes and, and taking the shots. He is the one that makes that work. Uh, I don't think uh, yeah. Jesse uh, really does a lot to, to, to make himself stand out. But yeah, this was four minutes that we could have easily crammed into two. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I honestly, I think knowing that knowing the setup for the match and everything, I kind of knew how this match was going to go. So I think I kind of had a preconceived notion of it Mm -hmm. um, that really like hearing you talk about it. I can understand why you would say, oh, Salvatore Sincere really did carry this match. And but at the time I was just like, it's Salvatore Sincere. We've only seen him one other time in the last couple months. Like, why are we even giving him this long to mount an attack? You want Jesse James to look strong anyway. So what's what's the point in having a four, five, six, seven minute match? And at some points it felt like it felt like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had a kid. So, but yeah, I, I, sorry, I, really, I just had a kid. Like, I had, well, not had a kid. I had a kid oh. walk in, and so I thought he needed something. But, but <laughs> I just had a kid. <laughs> Y'all. Sorry, I just gave birth live on podcast. No, no, that equipment is long gone, never to resurface. Um, no, like I get we're trying to make Jesse James look strong, and I guess to some extent, um, it does make sense for for him to have a longer match so that 
we can kind of establish that strength, but we haven't done anything with Salvatore Sincere, so it doesn't make sense to me to give it a full four minutes. There were points where it felt like it, we were at minute, like I said, six or seven, yeah. but I, I don't know if you're going to squash. I guess I'm one of those people, like I get the point of a squash and I get the point of having a jobber do the squash. If we're going to do it, let's get in, get out and move on. Mm-hmm. Leave more time for other things, which I felt like we could have done here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the four minutes would have been uh, would have been cool if Jesse would have come out looking like a big deal. And I don't think that he did. I think he, he's in the exact same spot after this match as he was going into the match. So, yeah, it was, it was four minutes of, of waste, essentially. Yeah, I don't – I feel like they tried to talk him up as best as they could. You know, oh, look, he can sing and he's making moves in the ring. He can dance. He can wrestle. But it just didn't come off as well on commentary mm-hmm. as it could have. I felt like he – there was more said in the ring to help him than there was said on commentary to help yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Sorry, a little thirsty today. All right, so then we've got uh, Karate Fighters uh, sponsoring Survivor Series, and we get a shot mm-hmm. from Doc Hendricks at the Connecticut Studios trying to talk about Survivor Series. Stone Cold interrupts. He's supposed to have his time. Mm-hmm. Quit just flapping your gums about nothing and get to the important stuff. And then he's out again, and we find out we're going to have a traditional Survivor Series match. It's going to be Triple H's team versus Mark Marrow's team, which Mark Marrow's team is going to include the one and only rookie, Rocky Maivia. Yes, and we see him is. as we remember him from the early days. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. the blue blood, Rocky Maivia. Yeah, we, we saw uh, hints of him uh, in a, an episode a couple of weeks ago where he was a uh, uh, part of a crowd. Uh, yeah, but uh, at, at Survivor Series, we'll see him make his in-ring debut. I'm excited. I love The mm-hmm. Rock. I do. And then after that, we get uh, a match between two people that we haven't seen in weeks for apparently absolutely no reason, because I don't mm-hmm. understand it. Uh, Crush with Clarence Mason versus Aldo Montoya. We haven't seen Aldo since he faced King, and we haven't seen Crush in probably about three, four weeks since yep. like he did two weeks back-to-back once he debuted, and then he was just gone. Yeah, um, they they made a, a real kind of a deal of him coming in. There was weeks and weeks of vignettes of, yeah. of Clarence Mason uh, arguing his case with with Gorilla to bring him into the company. Makes, uh, has a couple of uh, quick squash matches, then then nothing again, um, which uh, kind of like um, stunted his his run. I mean, it's not the best run uh, anyway. I don't I don't think the character is getting over with the fans, uh, yeah. and he's facing poor. Just incredible with a jock shop on his face. And this is where we actually get JR coming out to commentary. Right. Um, which uh keeps up this 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 heel run JR. He's having arguments with uh with Vince McMahon. And he actually calls out Vince McMahon for for saying, Was the jock strap on Aldo Montoya's face your idea? Uh, right. I thought that was a, a good little dig. We get quite a few little digs at Vince McMahon throughout this show. Right. And well, to go back to the beginning, initially we had Mark Merrow on the phone talking about Survivor mm-hmm. Series. King is actually going to be on uh, Triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Mr. Perfect's team 
facing them. So we had some, you know, verbal sparring going on between the two, which I thought was really good. I thought it was good promo work by both of them. And then, of course, we get Jr. on the commentary spot taking shots at McMahon. McMahon just trying to play it off like, what are you talking about? The, I'll be honest with you, when he talks about, uh, when he asked McMahon if the jock strap on his face was his idea, you were the first person I thought of. I was like, that's a very mag statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I think, You're very welcome. Uh, I think that's a, a compliment. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if nothing else, like, it's it's, you know, this is something mags would have said, so... You know, it's a comment mm-hmm. that Mags would have made. But we get we end up getting uh, Jr. saying that Farouk is planning on suing Ahmed Johnson, has retained Clarence Mason as his legal counsel and his new manager. Yes. Which I found and, very interesting. And we're also going to see a change in Farouk. Um, now, will that lead to him stop, stop wearing the tinfoil hat and pretending to be a, a gladiator from the Roman days? Um, who knows? No. But... Hopefully we we will find out soon because I, I believe the uh, JR confirms he'll be on uh, live wire that week to mm-hmm. uh, to show that um, the the change and for for him to kind of confirm the 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 link with Clarence Mason. So hopefully very very soon it'll happen. Right, and then by the end of the match, Crush of course completely decimates uh, Aldo Montoya. He leaves out of the ring. He goes to go back, and there's jailbird signs kind of everywhere around mm-hmm. ringside. He gets very upset by this. He looks like he's threatening to attack the fans or to take their signs. And there's a security guard on the other side of the rail that's like, hey, man, just back off, chill out. You know, it's a fan, whatever. And he drags the guard over the rail and begins wailing on him. Refs come out and pull him apart. Clarence Mason's trying to pull him away. And like I kind of get the idea where they're going with it because Crush apparent, you know, knowingly has a past, but it's like they're trying to do something to get the character over and yeah. take it in a d- another direction, and I still don't know if it works. Yeah, um, it's it's throwing more and more mud at the wall to try and make it stick when the character's not getting over in the first place. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is coming from a crush who did really well was was really successful as as like the the Hawaiian crush, and we'll see him get be more successful as we go on throughout this series. But yeah, this this crush with the facial tattoo and the nose ring linking with a chain to his ear, yeah, it's it, it's not getting over well. Uh, the crowd aren't vibing with it uh, to the point where we it seems that we're having plants in the crowd that uh, signs are being put there purposely to to make him seem like this uh, big bad heel. Um, I don't think it's working, but we'll see over the next few weeks. I had the same thought about the signs being plants. They were just too well-placed. And and in the front row, right in the corner right. as well. Yeah. Right. And I will say it does make things a bit more interesting, but I can't say that it fully works. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting there, but I, I don't know that I'm fully invested mm-hmm. so then we get a look back at triple h versus mark marrow and mr perfect and how all that was set up and how it went down and apparently monsoon gorilla monsoon has suspended mr perfect indefinitely yes um i don't know if that was i mean in kfm terms is definitely suspended but um what actually does happen is mere um uh, perfect 
he's actually signed for WCW. So he actually ah. been leaving in a couple of weeks. I think we may see him once with Triple H uh, in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, he's, he's gone. Uh, there was he wanted to wrestle again. Uh, w uh, WF wasn't uh, willing to pay out his Lloyd's of London insurance policy, uh, where WCW were willing to pay out. So um, that's why he essentially left. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So then from there, we get another shot of the Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament with <laughs> oh, the Toddster. My. This is, yeah. The, Todd Grisham and, um, and oh no, Todd Pentagill. Yeah. yeah. Todd Pentagill and King have zero chemistry no. whatsoever. The, um, the most interesting part of it is we got mini, mini promos before the match between Phineas Godwin and Mr. Perfect and Phineas Godwin talking about the electronic fighters or the digital <laughs> fighters. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how electronics and stuff works, but for his character, it works and it was cute mm. and endearing. And I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. So we have the first round match uh, and it's uh, Mr. Perfect against uh, Phineas Perfect cheats by uh, distracting Phineas by uh, making him think that Dolly Parton was uh, was in the arena. Phineas looks away, Mr. Perfect, and I think he said his, his character was called Headstone. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, toy, the toys them. look cool. The toys actually yeah. do look cool. Uh, but Perfect wins. Um, Phineas is, has been cheated. Uh, yeah, and yeah, next next matches. Uh, Sable, I think they said that Sable was in the next match. Can't you remember who her opponent was? Yes, but... Sable against. Um... I know they spelt Sable wrong on the uh, oh, the brackets. They? they spelt it S A B E L. And I was oh, like, Lord. that's a that's a, a a WWE thing to do. I can't remember who she's met. I know it's a a big guy, but I can't remember who it is. I don't know. Either way, it's not going to be fun. No, it it's really is not. It really is not. Um, let's see. And then uh, next week we find out that we'll have Brian Pillman live from his home in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And which Stone Cold hears, because they're also shooting him live from the Connecticut studio. And he decides, oh, so you can go be on location in Calgary for... Bret Hart, you can go to Pillman's house, but you're going to fly me all the way from Texas to Connecticut to do this stuff, and that's disrespectful. And fine, I'm going to show up at Pillman's house. Yes, and that is one of the the most intense episodes of of um, Raw that we'll see. So definitely tune in for that one next week. I'm I'm ready, especially after because again, it's something that I personally have seen in flashbacks. I've seen it on Dark Side of the Ring and the pieces mm-hmm. parts from that, but to see it and then talk to Kevin Kelly about it, but to see it all contextually and how it came down, like I, you know, you, I remember talking to Kevin and he's he's saying his chest felt tight just talking about it. I kind of have a little bit of nervousness and anxiety on just watching it. You know, and I think it, it it kind of proves just how good uh, um, a master manipulator and tactician that Brian Pillman actually was. I mean, he he 
finagled his way out of his WCW contract by telling Eric Bischoff, we'll do a, a bit where we think WWF have signed me. Actually signs a contract with him. Hasn't wrestled a lick yet. Came into the company right. injured. We're now uh, coming into what he's been in the company nearly six months or something like that. Still hasn't wrestled, still still injured, still getting paid, and yet he's one of the most interesting characters on the show and involved in one of the most interesting and infamous storylines that we'll, we'll, we'll see in 1996. So the guy knew how to work the people around him. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's so interesting because here we are 20 years later and we're still talking about it, mm-hmm. almost Absolutely. 20 years later. You know, and it's like Kevin said, here we are 20, almost 20 years later, and he still gets asked about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's one of those segments that absolutely lives in infamy just based off of what happened. And I don't know if that was his idea. I don't know if it was Stone Cold's idea. I don't even know if still if there were real bullets in the gun, you know, right. but the whole thing is just... It was so well set up that every home invasion since then has been based. I feel like it's the measuring bar for all other home. Because, you know, recently we got uh, Seth Rollins going to Edge's house. I remember at one point in time, I think Triple H went to Randy Orton's house Mm -hmm. years ago. And I remember that vividly. But, But that is the measuring stick on how well a segment goes when you go live in their home is okay where was it based off of Mm -hmm. that incident the pillman incident yeah absolutely promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chairshot head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services use the promo code chairshot to save 10 percent that's angrylemonade.net Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So we finally get Brett at home. We've seen him sitting there by himself. We've seen him there petting his cat and playing with cat. Now he's got his kids on his lap. Did, did you feel that the background was a green screen? I mean, I don't think the chair was, obviously, because he was sat in the chair and the cat wasn't. But I felt like the background just looked like, like a green screen. Like you could see kind of like the the... Hmm. The, the graphics jittering when, when there was some movement. I mean, I may be wrong. I may have been uh, looking for it, but it, it just felt like that we maybe wasn't at Brett's house. <laughs> I didn't look hard enough. I'll be honest with you, I was very tired last night when I watched. As you know, we went to the <laughs> fair yesterday and walked around all day. And by the time I got home and started watching to make sure I was ready for today before brunch, you know, I was exhausted. 
And so I, I kind of accepted what it was like, oh, okay, he's at home. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I accepted it for what it was. And, you know, it would make sense that he would have his cat or a cat. You know, it made sense that his kids were there, but, you know, because my cat likes to jump in my lap at random moments when I'm in the middle of a stream or something and be like, hey, attention now, wench. So (laughs) she does. She's very demanding. And so um, the kids like, oh, daddy's on TV. I want to be on TV. It did seem a little forced with the kids. Yeah. You know. and it also seemed that maybe they were having, I don't know whether it was planned to maybe stretch the, the segment out or whether they were genuinely having uh, audio issues because uh, they, they're actually piping Sonny's music and then Sonny comes out uh, for the Billy Gunn and Freddie Joe Floyd match and she, oh, they're sitting on, on Jerry yeah. Lawler's lap. I oh, felt like my. the audio was intentional I- because they had the whole Sonny angle and focused mm-hmm. on Sonny. They had it ready to go immediately yeah so it felt like that that was meant to happen to just stretch it out longer and to keep stone cold waiting you know whether it's intentional disrespect or perceived you know to build that perceived disrespect the mimosas are getting to me i'm tripping over my tongue (laughs) but yeah sunny comes out she's got her music it's already running she comes out and goes to commentary and immediately sits on king's lap and i'm like oh that's I cringed my my teeth. And out. and this so man is standing up as she walks out and like you know the cartoon of the wolf and his jaw drops and his and tongue, tongue falls tongue out and the eyes head. pop out of his head. That's what he looked like. He took yeah. off his glasses it's, and he's like, Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, the old man alert. Yeah, in a time of speaking out and and me too, this this set off so many alarm bells. There were so many red flags when you when you you think about how young Sonny was at this time and how old Vince and King was. Oh, yeah. At the was... same time, though, from a woman's perspective, that's a character she's playing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I understand that. And to me, while I didn't like it it made sense for her character. Yeah. And, and you know, to, and I didn't to... feel, you know, despite their reactions, I didn't feel like they were being overly cringy or overly gropy. Like it looked mm. like King just like she had her arm around him. She's on his lap. His hand wasn't way high or way low. It may have been sitting lightly on her hip. Like it, he didn't have his face completely buried in her chest because it was right there. So it wasn't, so overly creepy that I felt like she should possibly file a harassment suit or charges, mm-hmm. but it still, you've got these men who are in their fifties and sixties that are drooling over this 24, 23, 24, 25 year old woman. And it's just like, you're tiptoe in that line. And I get, you're also playing characters Stay on this side of the line. Don't cross over, please, because it's it, it was very close to being like mm-hmm. I, I, I'd have slapped somebody, you yeah, know. No. But I, I think I think it was while deliberate and in character, I think it was also somewhat tastefully done without going too far. But yeah, they came I, really close. I think it kind of uh, really rubber stamps the the whole premise of, of of this podcast is we're looking at it now from 
from 2021 hours. And at the time, this would have been the norm. This would have been um, uh, fans eating it up and we wouldn't have given it a second thought. Right. But it's now we we know better. We uh, we know the stories about uh, some of the, the talents and how wrestling has been this massive boys club for, for so long. Uh, and we can now see that, yeah, the, the, the signs were there. It was hidden yeah. in plain sight. And whilst this wasn't anywhere near as, as bad as, as some of the stuff that's come out, um, it, it was a, a point to say this was going on. This yeah. this may be the tip of the iceberg, but underneath it was a hell of a lot worse. Right. You know, and, and I think there's things that they have done on air that are – much creepier and much mm-hmm. cringier, especially mm-hmm. that we've seen so far, especially with her changing into her bikini and picking a bikini behind a backlit screen. Yeah. You know, there, there are things that are, are much worse that we've seen and probably much worse that we're going to see, but. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, and, and yes. It, it, it's like, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say, I know I'm not going to do this thing or I'm not going to do this segment. This was an era where if you said no, you could be blacklisted. You could be thrown out of the company. Oh, she mm-hmm. doesn't want to play ball. Then we're not playing with her at all. We'll, we'll take we'll our find, ball and go home. We'll, we'll find, find somebody some, who will. Somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like we're getting farther away from that and i'm glad but i don't feel like we're quite there yet i think in a Mm -hmm. lot of respects what happened last year has moved us farther away from that but i'm i am not convinced as of yet that we're as far away from it as we need to be Mm -hmm. you know so of course she's out there and then billy gun comes out we see uh, i believe it was a match from superstars where um, the guns were going against someone else. There was major issues between the guns and Billy ultimately walks out and leaves Bart there. Bart picks up the win, but he does it essentially alone. And yeah. so we get Billy Gunn versus Freddie Joe Floyd. Freddie Joe Floyd, he was good. He was really good this, this is, match. Yeah, this is the, the second match that, that is on the show and the second match where the, the jobber has has made the star look better than they absolutely should have. I mean, we know that uh, Billy Gunn goes on to be a great wrestler, goes on to be a great character, but right now, um, yeah, he's he's infatuated with Sonny. Uh, Everything that he's doing is all about getting Sonny's approval. Uh, I think the most interesting part of this match actually happened when when Bart came out. Right. Bars has so far not been the the really the interesting one out of the the smoking ones. He's he's the more quiet kind of a um, shyer character, let's say. But he actually brings a little bit of interest in, into this when uh, uh, Billy's essentially telling him, uh, "I've never needed you. I've got Sonny now. Uh, you're nobody. You're nothing." And this is his cafe brother, so he's uh he's picking. Uh, the managerial skills and and whatever kind of benefits come along with that over over his brother, which is a, a shame. But we've seen uh, probably the best of the smoking guns. I think it was time that they broke up. They'd had multiple runs as tag team champions, and and certainly the 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 shine had come off them. Uh, and Billy was was clearly looking like the biggest star out of the out of the the team. So um, it's just. It's just sad that the the tag team division right now was so bereft of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they could have done with more tag teams. I mean, you take now the smoking guns away, who's left? 
the body donors, uh, um, the, um, the the Godwins, and Owen Hart and, and British Bulldog. Is there any other tag teams there? I don't uh, think no. the, new the new Rockers. Yeah, the new Rockers. So it's very, very shy. It's a very threadbare uh, tag team division. But uh, getting back to the match, I think, like you said, Freddie Joe Floyd was was really good in this match. Uh, really sold well for for Billy. Um, Billy was obviously gonna gonna get the win. Um, but another short match that that really did nothing for the for the main star. I don't think. No, I really feel like everything was on Sunny. That 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 mm-hmm. was really the focus here because it's funny that Billy is saying all these things. I don't need you. I never needed you. I've got Sunny now because Sunny on commentary is like the complete opposite. It's like, well, you know, who knows? Miracles never cease. Never give up hope. Anything could happen. And she, you know, King calls her out and says, "Well, so and so called you a gold digger." And she's like, "No, I'm not a gold digger. Like, I I know what I want and I want nice things and I want to be where the gold is." Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, Billy's saying all these things like they're together, and she's like, "No, we're not, but we could be." Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing that actually does uh, come out as interesting from from this and from the, the earlier matches, the two stars who were getting like uh, the start of their push end up being a really good tag team together. Um, Jesse James and, and Billy Gunn they end up with as the right. New Age Outlaws, part of DX. Uh, but this is it's interesting that they're kind of single pushes both happened on the same show, knowing how their careers end up intertwining. Uh, yeah, I thought that that was a, a cool coincidence. Uh, but yeah, this match, I would have preferred to see, to hear what Bret Hart had to say rather than, than watch this match, to be fair. Well, that's where we end up next is Stone Cold <laughs> and Bret Hart. Thank you for that excellent transition. <laughs> um, it's of. Like, I didn't even know what to write or how to sum this up, but it was very, like, they keep saying they have both guys live and they're going to talk to both guys, but they sit here the whole time and talk to Bret Hart. And so to some extent, I get Steve Austin's frustration. You know, you made me come out here. You made me fly from Victoria, Texas, all the way out here, you know, while he could sit here and stay at home and Pillman gets to stay at home, but I've got to travel, you know, and... Asking him, like, well, is part of your decision, was part of your decision to come back have to do with, you know, whether or not you were going to face Stone Cold Steve Austin? And Brett does nothing but praise him and say what a great wrestler he is. He he calls Austin the best wrestler in the company until he comes back. I mean, that, I mean, we mentioned it a a couple of weeks ago, but that's great rub for Austin. That's really uh, somebody who, who is legitimately one of the best wrestlers to ever enter the ring to say that this new uh, upcoming character is the best wrestler in the company, that's a, that's a high, high praise for Austin. He, I really felt like he gave Austin the rub on this. Mm-hmm. Massive. I, it, it really felt like Brett putting over Austin so much. And I don't know, something about the whole thing just worked. And it really, everything that Austin said in rebuttal, calling him out, you're scared that I'm going to whip your ass and, you know, Brett hesitating on saying ass. And then when he finally says it, Steve's like, there, there you go, big boy. Get the word out. <laughs> you know, the whole thing just felt good. It flowed well. It, it you know, I, it was a really 
good segment. And then they go to cut Steve Austin and again, which they've done a couple times. Steve flies off in anger um, and is messing with the producers and is upset. And we'll get more of that in a minute. We end up seeing uh, him assaulting basically one of them and shoving him into a uh, or under a ladder and then shoving the ladder o- over on him and the scaffolding. Then you see him later on and we'll go ahead and wrap this up before we end up getting into British Bulldog and Shawn Michaels, but um, gets into an altercation with head security guard who they call out by name, which I always like when they do that with some of mm-hmm. these things, because it makes me feel like, like that's one thing that I appreciate about uh, AEW is when they announce like a refer, you know, this match is overseen by Aubrey Edwards. Yeah. Like these aren't nameless people. These are people, people that are constantly involved in the company and they have names and they have, you know, their own idiosyncrasies and characters and whatnot. And so it seems like a weird thing for King or Vince to go, that's head security guard. So-and-so. Yeah. But it makes me feel like, Hey, this is a person who's actually there. Who's involved with the company that. The other people in the company know him by name. It's not just some weird, random, you know, it's not random Joe Blow local wrestler that they pulled in for the day to come do this part of this segment, yeah, you know, think, and, and I can kind of, I, I, I don't know why, but I like it and I appreciate it. Yeah. I think the the whole point is to humanize what uh, what Austin has done. He's uh He's attacked um, somebody who wasn't involved uh, in in the storyline. Um, he's gone overboard. He's he's broke the rules, and he will have to face real life consequences for it. And I think that that works really well. Uh, we've we've uh, mentioned the name of, of of the member of staff, but this whole kind of uh, back and forth between Austin and Brown, I thought was probably the. Um, probably one of the best things on this show and one of the best things we've seen in, in quite a while, the, the natural kind of a uh, heat between the two. Uh, you've got Bret Hart pra- uh, heaping loads of praise on Austin and Austin uh, really living up to the character that we end up knowing and loving that he wants to beat Bret, Bret Hart's ass. Uh, and I, I really love the point he makes of, uh, win, lose, or draw uh, at Survivor Series. This is never going to be over. I want to end you, uh, right. and and I am going to get rid of you out of the WF. I love that intensity that he has. Um, really, kind of a uh, excites me. I think we've we've waded through a lot of crap in in the rows that we've led up to this. I think that these last couple of weeks have been big, big turning points. I'm sure we're going to get through a lot more crap, but it, it gives us hope that we're getting to some really interesting fun storylines definitely definitely so we get british bulldog with owen hart and clarence come out we get Shawn michaels with jose lothario owen goes directly to commentary which is a spot mm-hmm. i love to see. like don't get me wrong i love watching owen wrestler owen wrestle but there's something so fun about owen on commentary like I just really super enjoy it and i hate that we lost him so soon the way he did i think he would be up there. I, I think he would be this generation's Jerry the King Lawler, but in a much better way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's such a great color commentator, and, and I hate that we missed out on that. Um, but yeah, we find out that the cops have potentially been called, or maybe have may have been called um, to get Stone Cold in Connecticut. We find out later that they were. The match between British Bulldog and Shawn Michaels was actually pretty good. I really liked it. 
It was definitely main event level match. Um, eventually we get, of course, we get um, Owen involved in the match. Sid comes out and insult, inserts himself there. And there's a little face-to-face between Sid and Sean. I didn't need you. It doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. coming to help. And eventually we get Owen on the mic saying, y'all want to play it like this, then we'll see you next week and we'll put the titles on the line. If you've got the guts. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with, uh, with pretty much everything you said. I thought that this was by far the best match um, and was certainly um, was main event quality. I think we've seen uh, Bulldog and, and Shawn Michaels in, in multiple iterations over the last uh, uh, 20 episodes or so, uh, and they never have a bad match for me. I think they're, they're always entertaining in the ring. Um, I think Shawn Michaels really works well off that bigger uh, bigger man and uh, Bulldog has always been one of the more agile big men wrestlers. Uh, so we we essentially get a greatest hits of, of their 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 uh, move sets. The stun gun I thought uh, was 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 really well done from the press slam. Uh, the the stole suplex by Bulldog was was really well done. Um, the way that uh, Shaw Michaels escapes the 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 running power slam. Uh, and then the finish, yeah, it was a bit janky. We got shenanigans, but it worked. It really worked uh, with uh, Owen Hart grabbing the legs to stop the the, the switching music, uh, then leading to the the disqualification. Sid coming out and the whole issue of him like kind of overextending his elbow uh, to to uh, attacking that that elbow catches Shawn Michaels on the back of the head. Leading to the the argument, we're getting we're getting the old fashioned, uh, well well trodden trope of uh, of uh, friends turned into enemies, then having to be friends again for a title match, uh, which I'm happy about because I think Sid has been one of the best things on on Raw uh, for the last couple of months in terms of fan uh, interaction, certainly. And yeah. anytime Shawn Michaels in a match, he's he's really top draw. Same with Owen, so I think it builds to a really interesting match. Um, so yeah, I'm, I was uh, thoroughly enthralled with this match. I thought it was a great way to end the show, leave it on a cliffhanger uh, with the with the arguments in the ring, and then the title match being set up, and then obviously we have the the stuff with Stone Cold as well. I think this was a really well done episode of Raw. This is definitely one of the better ones that we've seen, and like I said, it does like or like you said rather, it does give me hope that we're really really turning a corner and getting deeper into what we remember as the Attitude Era. Of course, there's things that are coming up that we, or I particularly, am not looking forward to. Um, but, you know, we, we, I was recently on an episode of Good Cop, Bad Cop, and we were talking about, you know, the women's wrestling. And I was like, yeah, we ain't got none. We ain't got jack. So I'm interested. I know the women's wrestling back then was very, very cringy. Mm-hmm. Very cringy. Um, but I'm excited to see that come in. I'm excited to see more of the Stone Cold that we know and love and see him going on a tear, going up against the establishment, against McMahon, and and see those, those things that we remember, seeing a more robust field of people because I feel like we've seen the entire roster at this point. Mm-hmm. Over you know? and over and over again. Yeah, the roster yeah. is very, very small. Which is really weird when you think about the rosters of today. I mean, we probably have double that on just one show, mm-hmm. between yeah. you know, between Raw and SmackDown. And so, 
you know, I'm 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 excited that we're finally getting Rocky Maivia because you can't call him the Rock yet. He's not the Rock yet. <laughs> but I'm excited about seeing him and seeing him make his debut because again, that's something I've only seen in clips. Um and seeing that full match, but we've still got, I think, one more show to go, maybe two before SummerSlam. Yeah, I think it's a couple, yeah. Or Survivor Series, not SummerSlam. Yes, Survivor Series, which we will be covering uh, live, hopefully, on uh, yes. on Radio Tekka. So you'll see uh, Ori's uh, first watch of the Rocky Mary's debut live. So, yeah, definitely uh, stick around and, and follow the... Um, um, ACIA podcast uh, Twitter feed for more information on that. Or you can always go to YouTube, look up Radio Techers, uh, like and subscribe there, turn on that notification bell, and you, you'll know when we are live or when the guys are live for Premier League Soccer, when we're doing wrestling events, um, and always jump in those. You can also follow us on Twitch at Radio Techers to see when those events are live. And uh, that will be coming up probably here in about two weeks, I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. give or take. Yeah, well, we've got uh, the, the 4th of November episode and then the 11th of November episode. That's the go-home. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, Survivor Series is on the 17th of November, 1996. So, yeah, it's essentially yeah. two weeks, two weeks, two more weeks, and then we'll be going live um, so definitely keep your eye out on our Twitter feeds for, for more information about that. Definitely. And just if they want to see what you're up to, Mags, where can they follow you? Okay. So you can follow me at Texas uh, Gentleman underscore. <laughs> uh, no, really, you can follow me at Podfather Mags. I'm heavily involved uh, here in um, the chair shop and also at Radio Tech's uh, on multiple shows. Uh, I won't uh, I won't do you the disservice of going through them all because that will be longer than this episode of Raw. Uh, but yeah, definitely come and give me a follow on Twitter where you'll always find links to the content that I'm involved in. There is a reason he is called the Podfather because there's <laughs> pods everywhere. <laughs> there is, there certainly is. And how about you, Aura? The draw uh, with your Kevin Keller interview and, and <laughs> appearing on multiple other shows recently. Well, you can find the Kevin Kelly interview here on the Chair Shot as a special episode. I believe it's episode 20 of A Change in Attitude. You can find that or you can go to onto YouTube. There are clips uh, of clips of that episode or the full Kevin Kelly interview with video and audio uh, over on the Radio Techers YouTube. If you want to just follow me, you can always find me at Ori the Draw. And that's the same for Twitch, Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. And don't forget our buddy Tanner who couldn't be with us today. He is in the process of moving. You can find him on the Radio Techers feed as well, as well as Texas Gentleman underscore. So give him a follow. We miss do we miss him this week? I don't know yet. I don't miss him. I literally (gasps) just recorded with him about an hour ago. So well I miss him because I didn't get the pleasure and I didn't get to get in on the live chat for the the soccer game, the football game. Sorry, (laughs) not the soccer game, the football game. Because I was at brunch. You're you're allowed to call it soccer. Um, But yeah, also, if you you have any thoughts and opinions on any of the storylines or any of the, uh, you want to give us uh, your takes on what's happening in 1996 row, Definitely fire us a, an email across. Uh, let us know what what your opinions are. And that's at, at changingattitudepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but, yeah, definitely come and uh, give us all a follow. Give the all our social medias uh, a like and a, a subscribe because 
we do this content week in, week out. Uh, we have a great fun doing it, uh, and we're glad that you guys are all uh, enjoying it as well because we've we've had some amazing feedback, and we love love the fact that you're enjoying this along with us. Absolutely. And don't forget to check out all the other episodes we have here on the Chairshot Radio Network. You can get those directly at thechairshot.com or Chairshot Radio Network, wherever you get your podcast. You have Head Trauma on Wednesdays with yourself and our buddy Ray Cash, uh, Babyface Heel Podcast, DWI, Laura, Bandwagon Ban Nerds. Ban Nerds. I'm, I'm trying to think through the Lucha Weekly Podcast with the mm-hmm. hashtag Miranda. So many, so many wonderful podcasts. Thechairshot.com is your home for sports entertainment and sports entertainment. And don't forget, you can always go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your chair shot shirt today, including a chair shot 316 shirt, which I have. Yes, you do. So, well, thanks everybody for joining us this week. We can't wait to cover next week when Tanner will come back and uh, have a great week, you guys. Yep, absolutely. Bye-bye. And always remember to use your head. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.